Welcome to the Seed Creative Podcast, the podcast where we discuss both video production and just life in general. The goal of this podcast is the same as the goal of our business, to make a difference in people's lives. Gavin is currently drunk texting us high as a kite because he just got his wisdom teeth taken out. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, let's let's get started. I'm going to mention this at the beginning of the Do it. Okay. I'll I'll open it this time. Okay. Dang, that's a lot of pressure. I'm gonna try to sound exactly like you. Here we go. Hello and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you did sound just like me. <laughs> I peaked immediately. You peaked immediately. You gotta go. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is George Edmondson. Today's guest host, Nick Golden. Hello. I just tried to do the intro and it did not work. We're going to leave your intro in. Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, today we're flying, well, it's not solo. I guess it's duo. Duo, flying duo. We're flying, Pilot and we're flying duo today because uh, Gavin is currently... Oh, wow. He's still texting us. Gavin is currently drunk texting us um, because he just got his wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, not actually drunk. I don't want Gavin to no. be uncomfortable. It, it, he's He is on, like, what is it called? Novocaine or whatever, whatever the stuff, stuff is, is to get your wisdom teeth out. And were you, would you like to read the first message? Oh, yeah. Received? I'm going to read it. And in the video, we're going to put the photo up. <laughs> it's awesome. But he texted us, and he's giving us a little, a little thumbs up there. And <laughs> can't even read it. The text is, I'm in current beryllium high from her dented. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so everyone funny. has laughed at it. And I said, how you doing, bud? With uh, with the little laugh emoji and the and the sweat thing. Like, uh, and he just said, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we will keep you posted throughout this podcast Tell- the more that we receive. <laughs> Um, he's texted us more. This might be the whole episode. This is pretty funny. <laughs> All right. So I said to Gavin, I said, tell us about your experience. And he just said, what? And then he said, I still don't know what's happening. RN like right now. And Jacob said, who are you? And Gavin says, I don't know. <laughs> you know, what's the funniest thing about this to me is his instinct. As soon as he got his phone back was the text. Us. Was the text us. And like I know he texts his other friends more, but it's funny that he texted us. First. I don't know if he does. I think we are. I think we are his no, go-to, does. his first people. Maybe. And then he'll text his friends because we're his family. Family. <laughs> don't go against the family. <laughs> Dude, what is wrong with <laughs> so that's should- a scream that like. I'm sorry. I used to be in the hardcore metal music, and there's this band Scream called Job out. for a Cowboy that got really popular. Doing the, I think they would call it breeing. And when they would scream, it'd be like, dun, 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 dun. I started laughing because I want to let you know when I make the promo for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going to be me going. (laughs) This is it. This is our last podcast episode. I think so. Okay, so we should probably explain while we're where we're sitting and while we're sitting where we are right now. We're sitting in heaven. (laughs) I couldn't even get it out. 
<laughs> we're in that part of the Matrix mm-hmm. with the with the, all the guns flying through. Or we're in I'm a Mac PC. Yes. Or we're in Verizon commercials. Or Chick-fil-A. Or we're in Chick-fil-A commercials. Oh, we should have got the couch. Yeah. Then, oh, well. Well, anyway, we are on what is called a psych wall for you non-film people. Or you could call it an infinity wall. Yes. It's also called that. We're also just inside all of your minds right now. We are. Because if you can't see us, you can hear us. So let me describe what I see right now. Just pure white everywhere. And it's a borderless um, white. And literally, when when I say we're sitting in here, it's as if we're sitting in half of a bowl. And when I look at Nick, even with my naked eye, it totally is like disorienting. Because it's absolutely pure white no no borders there's uh the walls and the the floors are curved so that there's no shadows and so it's like you can't tell where the wall is even when you're sitting in here it's pretty pretty wild it's insane like (coughs) it's insane like when i was setting up for the podcast i was so worried i was gonna walk into the wall because you really just cannot tell where it starts and where it ends but anyway, this is something that we've been working on and something that, oh, I say we, but that George hired somebody to do. But um, I did. Because uh, we have, actually, we've, anyway, we, we hired somebody to do it. And we've been waiting to talk about the studio because this is the last, like, biggest piece of the studio. But we have moved, um, not since the podcast started, since but way before the podcast in April. Uh, that's when you signed the lease to mm-hmm. a studio, which is an extremely far move of four doors down. Yeah. But which we lucked out with, but the new space is, I don't know. We keep trying to figure it out, but I would say six to eight times. Bigger? I'd say six. six. It's, it's pretty close to six times bigger square footage wise, but just the function functionality is like 300 times more. Or something. Oh dude. Maybe it's so much more. better. So much. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things honestly is the fact that the ceilings are so tall. Yeah. Um, so it's 12 foot ceilings to the very top, but it's basically like 10 feet to usable space because about a foot of it is now insulation and foam. Um, but then we've got 10 feet from the floor to the joists. And what we love about the space is the entire studio from front to back is covered in joists that are, I would say two and a half feet, two feet from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Probably about two feet. And so there's just like so many options in like rigging lighting and, and rigging things from the ceiling. Um, and so with the psych wall, we've got some lights rigged up to the ceiling and we've got them. They, uh, we had the electrician kind of map some power outlets to some, uh, some switches on the wall so we can just switch the lights that we have rigged on and off. So like we can interchange our lights, but we don't have to worry about climbing a ladder to like power them on and stuff like that. It's, it's incredible. Um, and it was a very long process, longer than I think even George thought. Yeah. And I thought it would be shorter than that. I told so you. Yeah, I, yeah, I should have listened to you. But um, anyway, let's kind of talk about what we, how did we design this? Like, what mm. was the goal in mind? Because it's really difficult to maximize a space, yeah. I feel like. And we went through, I mean, I, I don't want to say a hundred iterations, but a lot of variations of what this place was. 
And it started out as a very dingy old office that had a long hallway. No, like the floors were crappy. I mean, it hadn't been used in quite some time and it had six offices and the first thing that we had them do before we had even made any decisions was get rid of everything. So te- so it was six offices but that's not including back there. Well yeah yeah. So really it was it was like 10 yeah, like rooms. And we initially well we'll kind of skip over this part but we initially were only going to have this one main room but then lots of conversations were had and we ended up getting more space the yeah. back space yeah as like future growth space slash where we may or may not put a podcast studio so yeah, TBD. yeah. i think we will okay um so going back we were in a tiny space it was just we we i mean i outgrew it three months after getting it but it was yeah. like i'm already here and i just made the space work um I love the location that we're in because we're in downtown Tuscaloosa. And so we are four blocks from campus uh, from the University of Alabama. We're two or three blocks from City Hall. Um, we are right across the street from the federal courthouse. We're, it's, it's a prime location. It's like yeah. the, everyone, you give them one or two landmarks, everyone knows how to get to our studio in Tuscaloosa. Like, period. Right. Um, and the fact that we're right down the road from the university, we've gotten, because of our location, we've actually gotten work because people will frequent a coffee shop across the street and they see our sign, they look us up, they see what kind of work we do, and we're doing multiple projects for UA just through our location and our visibility. Was that intentional when you picked the location? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I, that's really curious. I never thought about that. That's cool. Yeah, like every that. everything that I do... Uh, and I've talked about this in other podcasts is like thinking five years ahead. Yeah. I just didn't know if you thought of the coffee shop. I did. That's yeah. Cool. That's, that's one of the main reasons that I took it. Well, there are two reasons you perk coffee and Lusa brews, right? Because Lusa brews is a, um, a brewery, but they're honestly more angled toward like the professional young professional. They're not like a bar where you go out and party and act crazy. They're like, you go, you have a drink or two, you hang out with your friends and you leave. Like it's not, it's way more chill and it's more, again, designed for like a, the professionals in Tuscaloosa. And so I knew people were going to be walking past that sign constantly. People go to frequent Uperk Coffee because it is so close to the university um, and they have, you know, great coffee. And so, and they, um, and they will, <clears throat> people will ask us like, hey, what do you guys do? Like they'll, you know, just be stop us by. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they stop us all the time. Especially, I mean, we're a few further doors down from it now than we used to be, but especially when we were basically right next door to them. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and then, you know, our clients will go to Lucid Brews, and if they look in the window and we're still here, they'll pop their head in and talk to us and stuff like that. And it's always good to just kind of be at the forefront of your client's mind. Uh, because honestly, they've got so much going on, but it jogs their memory. Right. Oh yeah, I need to talk to you about a video. So that's one of the reasons why this is location was perfect. So now we can go into the design of the studio. So um, even though people watching this podcast currently, uh, we haven't released final imagery videos of the studio because it's almost done, We're but it's there. not yet. But maybe if you're watching this later, it's released now, but... This entire studio from top to bottom was completely gutted 
and renovated other than one room in the front and a couple rooms in the back. Everything else was totally overhauled and redone by us. Right. And when I say by us, I mean collectively us, the landlord who owns the building, and then some people that I hired uh, called Timber and Hugh, which is owned by a friend of mine named Corey Daniel, and they do uh, like house renovations, but they also do corporate um, and like uh, construct uh, commercial painting and stuff like that. They're incredible. They painted the whole place. They're the ones that built the psych wall. They painted our brick. It um, looks insane. Yeah. Yeah. It like it's really and it's completely customized. But more importantly to me is it's optimized mm. to be efficient mm. because one of the things that I think separates us from other places, other people that do what we do is the fact that I'm always focused on efficiency and optimization in the fact that we have our studio design where we can film something and literally take four steps and we're editing. Right. We turn around, we take the card out, turn around, put the card in our computer, ingest, edit. Like that, that, and that is important to me. People have asked me that have been to the studio why we didn't, um, and I can talk about the layout in a second, but why don't you have your computers and, uh, and your edit bays in the back of the studio? Why are they up front right where everything is where you film? The reason why is because that's efficient. It's optimized. We don't have to, like, I think it's a mental thing. We, if, if the computers and everything were in the back, I feel like we would record and be like, okay, see you later. And things can get sidetracked. Right. And you, with the way that we have it now, our computers and desks are in the front, right in the studio with us. We pop that card out of that camera. We turn around and we immediately offload. Yeah. And we can be breaking gear down while things are offloading and backing up. Also, not to mention one of the most important things that come out of where it is is the creative conversations that we have yep. and the collaborative effort. I can be standing 10 feet away in the studio, breaking something down from the last thing we shot and see your screen. And you can say, Hey, what do you think about this? Play it. I can watch it while still doing stuff. And that was something that we could never have done in the old studio. We wouldn't have been able to see, we would have had not enough space to do both at the same time. Some, some of the times, which sounds dumb. Like how come you can't put a card in an SD card, but seriously, like, Sometimes we couldn't even reach the computers because we were doing other stuff. Because uh, well, and gear was in the way. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so um, I, I, all of us immediately, we didn't even really talk about it that much in terms of where the computers were. I think if anything, the iterations of when we were going through what was going to be where, that was one of the only constants. Was there's going the computers are going to be here. This is where we're going to sit. Yep. The rest of it we kind of played with. So. Yeah, so the other thing, so when you walk in the door now, to the right, there is a room, uh, and it is not done, and it's honestly one of the last things that we're waiting on before we actually reveal the place, um, but there's a room, and it's got like a couch, a couple chairs, a TV, uh, a coffee bar, and that's where once we open up completely, we can have guests come in, and they can sit and watch their videos and take notes, and we can go over things, Um We've also already used the studio space, and that is where it's like a holding room, right. you know, where people can go in and just hang out until they're called in to be filmed. And so, again, it's really efficient. It's right there. You just you walk right in, and there you are. 
Uh, but then once you come out of that room, you see, as of right now, a set of four desks, two computers, and then two empty desks where Nick and Gavin typically come in and they just bring their laptops because they can just sit down, get right to work, and then leave, and there's nothing kind of in their way. Um, and then you keep going, and it's just it's double brick walls. That was also something that was really intriguing to me when we got the space. I saw that it was double brick, which means sound and insulation, keeping the the place cool or warm. Also, is, safety, which sounds and safety, dumb, yeah. But you know, tornadoes happen. Yep, a huge one happened here. You know, ten years ago. Right. It could happen again. You know. Yeah, we're half. Uh, when we go in the back room, we're double brick halfway underground. Yeah. So it's like we're pretty safe in this studio. Um, but yeah, and then uh, again, it's just a bunch of open space. And then we've got our psych wall, which we're sitting on now. Uh, we've got a build out area where we can build our cameras. We've got our sure power there. We're going to put on the back wall of the psych wall. Um, some pegboards so we can hang, you know, these microphones when we're not using them. We can, again, everything is just completely optimized to be efficient. That's actually my favorite part of the studio. I don't, I don't actually know whose idea it was anymore, but I remember just thinking that I loved that idea because having a build out, build out yeah, having yeah. a build out section, because one of the biggest problems and one of my personal, like not even pet peeves or just stuff that drives me crazy a little bit is, uh, um, you know, we, we come back from a shoot. We have nowhere to put anything in the old studio. Nowhere to put anything. Nowhere to set cameras down for a second unless it's on the desk. But the desk had three people sitting at it, three editors sitting in a really tight space. And that was good for some stuff. But when it comes to this situation, we needed a place to do Yeah, this. I mean, in the old studio, the camera would go directly to, like, the dining room table in our break room, yeah. like, kind of the front break room area. It was so weird, dude. Like, the, now that thinking about it, like, it worked because it had to work. Right. But anyway, so, yeah, we've got that build-out area, and then we've got a bathroom, and then we have a freaking sound booth for uh, audio recording, which... I'm still figuring out how to make that the most efficient just based on the way that I do voiceovers and tutorials and stuff. Um, and then we have this whole new back section. And when I say new, it's new to us because it wasn't originally in the design details. Right. And you can go over what we kind of have back there right now. Okay, so right now there's it, it seems like a waiting area with three different rooms, but it's really kind of four different rooms. We as soon as you walk in, that's kind of an area that clients won't see too often. They don't see as often, right? Unless, and we'll, I'll talk about one other thing too in a second. But um, so in the first room, we have our gear storage, and that is another major detail that the studio has given us, which is space to store gear. Oh my gosh, thank goodness we have space for that. Because before, even if we had room for more shelves, which we only had one shelf before we didn't have room for more shelves. So right. we couldn't have put anything anywhere. So we have all of that organized super well. Um, and it was, I'm assuming super beneficial last week when you guys had to grab a bunch of stuff to go. Absolutely. And it was all set, all set out. Um, anyway, then we also have a break room, which is, I actually like a lot better than I thought I was going to. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a waste of space, but the fact that we can turn it off a little bit, yeah. separate ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Going back there and eating lunch is really good for my mental like capacity health. to create. <laughs> Not health, but capacity to create. And then the other room is, like we said, 
will probably end up being a podcast studio, which I do want to talk about in a second. And then we have one more room just for like boxes and that general. It just stuff. catches all the crap. Be- and that was also something we really needed, which we did have at the old studio, sort of. But yeah. Not as organized. Right. It's an organized crap catcher. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, that was that was beautiful. Can we put that on the door? Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, yes. We don't even have a door on it right now. Yeah, well, That's we, why we're saying the studio is not done. We still don't even have doors on it. We're finally to the point where everything functionally we need. Oh, yeah. It all works now. Yeah. Like, I can bring a client in and I'm... Yeah. We're good. Like it's, before, it's no longer embarrassing. Yeah, before it was like, uh, don't mind the. We still have a leak here, so there's a bucket. You know, we had to fix a bunch of stuff on the roof. And don't mind this giant eight by twelve hole on the ground where oh, the yeah. psych wall is gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The psych wall, man. It took a while, but I'm so glad that we got it pretty it much done. It. And again, it's not even fully finished. Like the edges are still not done. There's a couple, a couple little inconsistencies in the floor that we're gonna get fixed. But the the Corey knows that. Yeah, the, yeah. Corey's awesome, yeah, dude. Corey, Corey's the one that pointed out to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, it looks great. And he's like, no, it's just not right. And yeah. that's why I wanted to he's hire a perfectionist. him. That's why I hired Corey. Like hands down, he is someone that is not gonna skip. Like he's gonna do it the right way, but he's also mindful of being efficient and mindful of saying, you know what. Because of what this is, we can use, you know, what I don't even know, two by two instead of two by four, and it'll save you this much more money because it doesn't matter if it's not because it's it's also studded into the brick. And like saying all this stuff about like keeping it at code, I don't know, but I was like, I just trust you and okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, like cost for him too, time for him, you know, like he has a billion things going on like we do. So he was really smart and like not having to communicate a super a lot with us because we don't have to. We hire him because we don't have time to think about it. Sure. <laughs> if we had time to build it, we would have tried to figure it out ourselves. But. Yeah. And I think that we could. I, I used to build skateboard ramps. It's very similar to how a skate ramp is built. Yeah. But again, he he does it where it's like it's the it's the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, this should work. Hammer yeah. these pieces together. You know. Yeah. The code, it wouldn't be up to code. Yeah. Well, anyway, one thing, there's a couple of different things about the studio, like grand scheme that I think is really cool. And the first thing is I think it offers the space to, for the first time ever, we could have multiple client things going on at yep, once. Absolutely. So, you know, and this is, I'm going to list like the, what I think would be the maximum amount we could be doing at once. Okay. Um, staff and stuff bearing, but um, so we could have a meeting in the meeting room with a client and go over a video. Yep. We could have someone sitting, literally sitting out here with us, watching us edit and talking through their video. We could have someone shooting on the psych wall. Um, and we could also, and, or they could also be shooting on our other little corner that we didn't talk about, which is where we keep our green screen, green screen, black backdrop, like what we are kind of typical go to quick setup. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there could also be, once we finish this, someone in the back recording a podcast totally on their own when we get it up to where we want it to. And that's like what four to five different clients that could be here all at once. And that's not including people sitting at the other desks, just editing in general. True. And so again, when I like we design it to be multi-purpose and multi-use at, at the same time. So we can get as much going as possible decreasing the amount of time that we have to be out now 
a majority of our clients are still on location. Yep. You know, we go out to them and we film them, but we're getting to a point where we can offer such a variety of looks in this one space yep. that talking heads and stuff like that, that are very important to the style, uh, style of videos that we do. If the client wants to, just schedule them all in a day, bring them all up here, get all that done, go out and shoot B-roll at their place. And we have just saved so much time and, and like so much time. It's kind of crazy. All video production, film, anything is a time to money like ratio. It really is. And that is the greatest value that this has. The fact that in a five minute ish time, we could have someone standing on the psych wall and then literally pivot the camera and they could be shooting on a green screen or yep. black or whatever or over brick. in the corner or brick or we could or the window when we get it done yeah or, or have an office setting or podcast like it's it's yeah. crazy how many sets we can have in here yeah and it can all happen in one day basically we operate i would say 90% of our videos are with like client videos are done within a day mm -hmm. yeah so um, shot within a day shot yeah shot within a day um, and this kind of goes into the next point about the studio that's cool. And this is something that I think is actually pretty unusual about our space is everywhere is designed to also be a set. Yes. So going back to the computers, that's actually the greatest example. I don't know of a whole lot of places that have a quote unquote edit bay edit suite situation that, um, is strictly like that isn't strictly an edit room. Right. Like over there, we've used it. That was the first thing we shot here. And we've used it four or five times since then for stuff for motion VFX because they're an online company and it's good to kind of use like a techie YouTuber look in the background. Boom. We just clean up our desks and use it. Yep. And that's the set. And we have the, the joists right above it and we could rig a light right there. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. There you go. And we're, we're definitely shooting those motion VFX videos more efficiently and giving us more time to be creative than we ever have. But anyway, long story short, that's the best part of our studio is that even heck, even the, uh, we could even use the break room for a, a set if we want to. Yeah. I'm sure we will at some point. Yeah, probably. And that is the advantage that the studio gives. And I think that's super unique. So because of who we are and how we operate, it's, I guess, uh, going back to this, um, it's just always important to be mindful as you're growing, uh, be mindful of the future and how, how are things going to affect you long-term uh, versus, you know, the short-term gains. I have spent a lot of money yeah. on this studio and I don't even own the building, Yeah, but I know that we're here for at least five years because I signed a contract um, and so I was like, you know what? It's going to hurt in that first six months, but it's going to be worth it over the next five, maybe 10 years. Heck, I might buy the building at some point. Who knows? And that's not a joke yeah. because there's a, there's a, there's a spot right beside us that is absolutely big enough to be a small to medium sized soundstage. Yep. And that's my ultimate goal. Yep. And I haven't actually shared that with anyone except people within our seed group and my wife is, dude, we're bringing Hollywood to Tuscaloosa. Absolutely. And 
that's not a joke. And I want to stop you there for a second. That is something that is less known, but there are some super great films and stuff that come out of Tuscaloosa all the time, especially from the university. And this is something that not a lot of people know about, unfortunately, but they are really trying to grow a good student film department over there. Now I've kind of shifted since I came to college, I started out wanting to do more film stuff and now I'm more documentary style. So I've kind of moved away from being super involved with that, but there are some really bright minds and great staff there. And knowing that, you know, with the combination of students wanting to learn it and then somebody like us or a couple other companies in town that become more film oriented, kind of like what we're doing, more documentary, but bigger production oriented, like the growth in Tuscaloosa is definitely there. And I think you've gotten in on the ground floor of that. And I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Uh, I've even talked with Jim Page, who was on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, he and I have talked about different incentives uh, that there is a push to grow that industry. Yep. And it's something that obviously we've been trying to grow here in town um, for seven years at this point. And so I think that that's kind of the future and the next the next bit for Seed is to continue to offer incredible uh, videos for our clients, but also provide a creative space and provide opportunity for people like you, mm-hmm. for people like Gavin, for people like Jacob and Nick Coker and, and people that we know that come out of the university. You know, Gavin came straight from high school, but you, Jacob and Coker have all come f- from the university. And, you know, like a lot of, um, a lot of what my passion is as well. And this is something, this is why Jim Page and I, uh, click is because I do I, I want to retain people that are talented to stay in Tuscaloosa in yep. as long as possible not forever you know I mean it'd be great if it was forever but if people move they have their own lives but you know for as long as we can man keep people here in town and help, and keep Tuscaloosa like not only growing but being like progressive in the arts and in the creative spaces um, because I think that it's something that was lacking. I don't think it's lacking anymore, but it was lacking. It's one of the reasons Kentuck Art is one of our clients. And look, I'm just going to be honest. Like we work with them on, you know, they, they don't have like the hugest budget in the world. And, and, but like, I'm passionate about artists and creative people. And I know how hard it was, how dude, it sucked when I started Yeah, because like, not only was like video wasn't as big of a deal when I started, Instagram didn't even offer video <laughs> yet when yeah. I started doing this. Um, and when they did, it was 15 second cap and stuff like that. So anyway, I forgot about that. Um, like with all that said, like not only like video was looked at like, Oh, the news, like literally when I started shooting video, it was the news or, oh, like commercials? Well, the news company, WVUA, does commercials for free if you air them on WVUA. Mm-hmm. And so it was like I was competing with free. <laughs> yeah, You see what I'm saying? Like, um, and so I know how bad that was. And, like, it took a while, but Tuscaloosa caught up. And I think a lot of the work that we did with the chamber helped that because it helped. We had to educate a community 
an entire business community on the value of online video. Right. Like, and Seed Creative were the ones to do that. Absolutely. And we did that, honestly, without a studio. So now look at how much more impactful um, hopefully we can be with a studio that provides opportunity for us to grow, but also, man, opportunity for other, like I, I've told people before, like if you need to rent the studio, like if you need to rent the psych wall, eventually a podcast area, like we're going to be really competitive in our rates. Yeah. Because, I mean, I want to make money, but I also, like, if they grow, they're going to keep using us. Absolutely. Like, I believe in investing in people and investing in ideas. And I know that that, like, that's my long-term gain. You see what I'm saying? Like, my long-term plan is work with freaking kids out of high school who show up, who show talent and promise right. because I mean it's going to get to a point where if I want to I can just stop and seed will keep going yeah and that will never happen because I no, would go crazy you would but like that I want it to get to where I could do that if I wanted to take a freaking year off I could do it and we'd be okay and we're and we're already close we're yeah very, we are we are pretty close, close actually there's um we don't have to talk about this a super long time, but I would say the only thing that we're super missing right now on the post-production side, you could almost not exist. Yeah. Like you definitely still edit better than all of us, but um, you don't need to. Right. Um, you know, the place we're still kind of growing is on the production side of it. Like physically on set running without you is still something that's new that we talked about in the roles episode a little more, but um so to kind of like finish up and kind of steer back towards talking about this space specifically. So when you set out to design the space, what made you want to like let the rest of us have input? Because, you know, this you're paying for it totally. Not a, you know, it didn't matter. Truthfully, like at the end of the day, it did not matter what me and Gavin thought. I know why you did and I know what you're going to say sort of, but like when it comes to just strictly business, not a whole lot of other people would have been texting and letting us draw plans on and send floor plan ideas to you. Um, and, you know, even talking to Jacob, who had great ideas for the studio, too, and he's not even here that much. Like what why did you do that? Was it a conscious thought? And what do you think we got out of that? Yeah, it was absolutely conscious. So number one, um, and you you have heard me say this before and you say it more than anyone but you'll say like you're the one paying for it and it's your stuff and I'm gonna be one of those cheesy old corporate guys where I'm like no I'm not we all are because we I couldn't do this without you mm -hmm. and without Gavin and without Jacob and now without Coker like that's that's not going to happen. Like I can't do it all by myself. And so like in my mind, why would I be so arrogant and selfish to say, I know what's best. I'm not even going to give them the opportunity to express their ideas. Now at the end of the day, yes, I can and probably did on a few ideas, Trump ideas that maybe were brought forth because I'm, 
I, I'm having the grand vision of, of the entire space and I know the clients that we're talking to and stuff a, a little bit more than y'all, but I'm never going to, um, I'm never going to remove the opportunity to, to voice your opinion and to at least speak out again. I might say, you know, that's a great idea, but we're going to do it this way. But I want uh, again, it's like an investment tool, but it's like I want y'all to be thinking creatively and not thinking I'm just going to show up and it's a J-O-B and I go home and I don't care. Dude, you care about Seed Creative. I do. Um, Gavin cares. Jacob cares, even though technically Jacob is is like more removed than everyone else. Like he's part of our group and he taught Adam cares. See, we didn't even talk about Adam cause he's, you know, he's working remotely right now, but that could change. And I wanted to do one of those desks belongs to Adam. Yeah. Like period. So eventually, hopefully when he moves back to Tuscaloosa, he's got a place to sit. All right, more, hold on, take a pause. More text from Gavin. I asked him if he was alive and he said, yeah. And he sent me a photo that we'll put up on the podcast. Oh, poor Gavin. And he's so swollen and he's got his AirPods on. And he says, I look pretty cool too. <laughs> and Adam, the king of memes, sent a pretty funny he's meme. so good at gifts. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, gifts, gifts. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Anyway, I'm never, I'm never going to be so like self-centered and arrogant to think like, I'm just going to do it and y'all are going to just follow my lead. Cause that's bull crap. Like that's yeah. not what a leader does. Um, I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts too. And so I draw a lot of inspiration. Um, but then also, man, like I'm just, I'm a, I'm a natural born someone who's going to get up and kind of take charge in situations that I feel comfortable and confident in taking charge in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's just my style. My style is to ask for input and make the input valuable, even if it's not used. Right. That's something else. This is like a whole other podcast. But like what you say, what Gavin, what any of uh, of the seed members say is valuable, even if it's not acted upon. Because you're thinking creatively. You're thinking about ways to be efficient, to thinking about ways to make seed better, which in turn makes all of our lives better. Right. You know, we've talked about how there's no cap on on what you can make here. Like, if if seed keeps growing, we're all going to keep making more money. Like that, it comes that it it does in this situation trickle down. Yep. It does, and so um, I know not in all situations, but that's not how I run my business. Um, and what you said about you know, even if the idea isn't used, this happens on shoots also, and it's you know the way I think about things is even if I have an idea in anything, not even just seed, but in anything, just saying that might put another thought yep. in that person's mind. They gave them an idea to have, to buy the backspace. If maybe I said, Hey, we need a better storage area. And George is like, well, I don't want it here, but Hey, this space exists, you know, just who, who knows? Yeah. And, and, and that isn't always conscious that, that your brain, you can't really process how your brain. Yeah. Like, interprets things that you don't you, you know what I'm saying I don't want people to be scared to speak up yeah and so I want to foster an environment um you know we talked about like creating shooting environments and stuff is kind of like what this podcast is about but it's not only about shooting environments it's about like 
your corporate culture and we're not a corporate entity. We're not like some big corporation, but it's a real thing. And the culture of seed is we all have value. We all need to speak up. And if we can, if I can continue to foster that concept, one of these days, I mean, and it's happened already, but one of these days, one of you is going to not be afraid to speak up and you're going to say something that is brilliant and changes the trajectory of seed creative and all of our lives. Mm. That is what's going to happen. If it ha it might've happened already. We just don't know it. Yeah, true. It's like, we're, we're going to get three years into the future and say, dang, remember when Nick said this? Yeah. Well, now look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you remember when George came in and said, hey, let's do a funny April Fool's video? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Changed the trajectory of my life. I was going to say, not even just the business, your life. Yeah. My life because of the opportunities that we have now, just because that would have not been anything that I would have ever. And by the way, if you don't know, if you're listening to this, if you're new, long story short, I made a stupid video. We got a free cinema camera. I got to go out to Hollywood and hang out with one of the coolest people in the world. That will be on the podcast. That will be on the podcast at, at the some poor, point. Poor guy. Works. It's the CEO of Red Digital Cinema. We got a free camera from Red. Um, and now we're getting hired on things that we would have never gotten hired on before just simply because of the gear. That, that I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. That might have, like, the money and stuff that, that – and that might have given me the chance to have a job here. True. You, you, like, you know, maybe. Over a stupid video. Yeah. The, and so what if I would have been scared of that? Yeah. Bro, people made fun of us for that. Really? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Like, not, like, made fun of us, like, oh, that was funny. Like, that was a bad idea. George should not have done that. You are not going to be taken seriously. Like – hang it up, you just killed your career. We had people that thought that was the worst idea we could have ever done. Sneakers. And I know. I mean, look, I'm just saying, like, follow your gut and speak up, even if, I don't know, man. I Like, I've been on sets where people treat others poorly because they have an idea or they don't know as much. And that's just, you can't treat people that way, dude. Like, just be nice and just educate people and help them out because the person that you're being a jerk to like might end up winning an Emmy yeah. might end up getting a red camera might end up having opportunities that they could have hired you on. Yep. And now you're a jerk and you're not getting hired and you're missing out on money. You're missing out on opportunity because you don't know how to treat people. And that's, and that comes down to creative creativity does not equal experience. Yep. Absolutely. Like, Gavin has the least experience out of all of us, but has some genius ideas. Dude, all the time. And not that he's low experience. Don't take it that way. But like just well, he's young. in terms of years. Sure, yeah. yeah. And Gavin is super smart. Yeah. And has great ideas. And Gavin put into a more corporate world somewhere would never get the chance to do like like have input. Yeah. Gavin is okay with us saying this, even though right now he's laying in a bed. But he, he fully is okay with us saying that Gavin is, he's quiet, you know, especially when he's around people he doesn't know because that's just his style. Yep. And he wouldn't be someone that would just speak out and be loud and make his voice heard in any other environment than this one. Right. Because we encourage it. And so anyway, we talked about physical spaces being efficient and being things that you know uh, uh, physical environments like the studio but then also at a deeper level 
just the culture and the the people that you surround yourself with. Yep. Um, so I think that's what Seed Creative is about. That's what Seed Creative yep. is. We'll do a terrible job. We'll do a terrible job. Yeah. That's our motto. Thank you, George, for your leadership. There you go. We got to say it every time. There we go. Also, we uh, we did this. I Emmy knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I'm not po- Dang it. Not Emmy Documentary. Po- that I was not part of, but we did an Emmy winning documentary. Oh, my God. There we go. We got it in. All right. We can now quit because <laughs> we did it. All right. So if you found value in this or if you didn't and you just want <laughs> to talk, if you're one of the people that's a jerk and wants to leave a rude, nasty comment, go ahead. Because anything that you do boosts our uh, our algorithm and our views. So please, please leave those dirty comments. It does not hurt us in in any way. Dirty isn't mean. Not dirty. Is oh, mean. no. Leave a dirty comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm leaving that in. Obviously, I have not gotten enough sleep or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, we've actually not gotten any bad comments about this podcast. Nope. So I think we're okay. Yep. Uh, you could be the first. <laughs> Uh, all right first obviously be sure to like and subscribe comment talk to us let us uh let us know what you think about the psych wall about um the future growth where are you in your walk in uh video life um you you know your your company whatever uh we love to talk we really do i have many many conversations with people that i will never meet in real life but um I just I like chatting with folks. So and as uh, soon as talk the, to us. As soon as the studio video comes out, come check it out. Come yeah. come come hang out with us and you know, make something awesome here with us. Yeah. That's it. That's the plug. See you later. Bye. This podcast was produced by Nick Golden with executive producer George Edmondson, edited by Nick Golden and Gavin Manning. Be sure to subscribe, drop a like and a comment. Tune in every Monday for brand new podcast content, and we'll see you on the next one.